Welcome to Something Crunchy. Tyler is homies with Blake. Blake is the older bro of Blair. Blair is married to Tyler and is a slutty slut slut. Welcome to Something Crunchy. What the hell is crunchy? Welcome to Something Crunchy. Welcome to another special edition episode of Something Crunchy. I am Kellen Blake. With me is always Blair and Tyler Dressel. We have another very crunchy guest joining us tonight. She's an actress, author, comedian, model, television show host, world traveler, and fellow podcaster. Please welcome Wendy Stewart Kaplan. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Wow, what an introduction. I'm so happy to be here with you all tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, Wendy? Oh, I am excellent. I am in New York City. We had a gorgeous day today. I went to Central Park tonight before I talked to you, and I saw an owl. We may be really urban, but we've got this incredible park right in the middle. And uh, you know what? It's my, my mind relaxation to do that on a Friday. So, yeah. Oh, well, you're at a awesome. on a Friday. I'm watching owls in a park. So there. <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you're from New York, right? Club girl? Yes. From the Bronx originally. Yes. But that is New York. Right. Born right. and raised. And yeah. And I live in the city now, which I love. I can't live anywhere else. As you guys know, I've traveled all over the world, but I'll never, I, I don't think I can ever get out of New York. I love LA, but I don't think I could ever relocate. I'm just too, too New York. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that. Got that East yeah. Coast New York feel is so to you. Fun. It's such a special place. It's a vibe, baby. Thank it you is. for saying that. Which part of the country are you people in? Uh, well, Blair and I grew up in Dallas, but we all live in the Phoenix Scottsdale area in Arizona. Oh, I love. Oh, God. I- okay, let us talk about Pinnacle Peak. And places Aww. like that. Let's, oh, I love. Let's so, do. I'm a native. Oh my yeah, God, right. you're kidding. Oh, can we say saguaro cactus? <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> That's so cute. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do love. I love the desert. And um, when when I was out there, I did one of those jeep tours of the desert. Yeah. So beautiful. Sedona. But, yeah, the the pink sed- jeep. Oh. The pink cheap tours in Sedona. Yes, right. you know that. Oh, yes. oh, we know that one. There's only one way to oh Sedona, and that's in a pink Jeep, Wendy. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I love, love it. There. We love it here. I never move away. I did and came back. Where did you move to when you moved away? Oh, uh, the military. I was out and about all over the world. You know, you but, have it all over the world. You see, we have that in common. That's awesome. Yes. You world traveler. Right. Yeah. Yes. We world travelers. You know what they say? Some children are born of the town and some children are born of the world. So right. that's what oh, they so say. <laughs> so worldly. Only a worldly person would say something like I that. Love it. Have, oh, have I that love that in the pocket. So elitist. So worldly. <laughs> My God, we're getting global here, aren't yeah. we tonight? We're oh, let's get locally. global. <laughs> we're thinking globally. Well, Wendy, you are absolutely fascinating and we are excited to talk to you. We happen to have a couple big overlapping common interests and one of them is horror movies. Oh, get out. I love horror yes. movies. Love them. Had a feeling you'd say that. We oh, did- my, I, no, I totally, totally love 
horror movies, I mean, one of the first ones that still stayed with me, you know how a really good horror movie, I think it actually causes damage. I do, because you'll take that fear, and sometimes you don't grow out of it. There was a film called The Last House on the Left. Did any of oh, you yeah. see that? Oh, sure, yes. yeah. Oh, sure. oh, oh, yeah, good. Oh, my God. I'm Wendy, we, we dedicate a whole month to horror. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. We, we've seen, Blake has yes. literally seen anything that you could probably like possibly and, think of. I'd and, actually challenge you to come up with something that he's right. not seen. And with that said, I think we could learn a lot about you based on your favorite horror films. Tell yes. us some of your favorites. Yes. Okay, Last House on the Left, okay. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Others is probably... Whoa, I, okay. Yeah, now, I, I don't know flavor. what it is about that, but it was so dark. Yeah. And the, those photographs of the dead people... That's the Nicole Kidman one? On the yes. Couch. Yeah. Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah, but I don't... You know, it's so funny. That was not the outstanding thing for me. It was the dead people propped up on the couch yep. and those photographs. Yeah. It was something so bone-chilling about that no I so that totally is I, actually that. my my favorite one uh last house on the left would have to be number two um let's see the um oh god that really old zombie film you john what's his name who did it come on you guys would know it blake, it was what is it? come on blake you know know <laughs> this it's a classic the and they're the all living dead. yeah the early one from the 80s night of the living dead yeah, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Ding, 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 ding. Blake wins this round. Biscuits. <laughs> Tyler James <laughs> actually coming out of the Thank you very much. Oh, Nicely done. <laughs> no, that was classic. Yeah. And for the time, that was so different. And they've, everything since then has been derivative of that movie yeah. in some way, shape, or form. No, it, that is so insightful on your part. That is exactly right. And guess what? None of them hit me the way night of the living dead did absolutely yeah. none none of them there it's just there was something so horrifying about night of the living dead and all of these zombie apocalypse films that have come later they just uh I, they just don't float my boat the way that one did no that yeah. one definitely did it have you seen anything okay. good recently um yeah i did so i you know i am so busy and like when you bring guests onto shows i have to review all my guests and i put a lot of time into learning about them as you guys do right of course so i don't get to watch tv but my daughter got me a subscription to netflix so the few times i go on what do you think i want or i watch horror films yeah i did you did you guys see the haunting of blind manor did you like that one oh i haven't seen no that i yet. have not seen that yeah Can i don't know if it, it's it. Uh, it it was really good, and it was I like to binge watch. So you know, it's like yeah. one episode after the next. So it's after a series. Next. Yeah, it was a series, and I watched like the whole thing, and it was really really scary with people falling down wells and disappearing, and okay. uh, you know, of course, it takes place in an old mansion. I mean, we <laughs> and it's funny. I saw another horror film on Netflix. And I can't remember the name of it, but I swear to you, the setting it was the same mansion. That's what they do, probably, right? They crank these things out. Yeah, they one get location, the right? fourteen right, different one movies. One location, one location suits spots. all. Yeah, it's yeah. somebody's it, Airbnb. It, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. It right. It needed a few extra bucks during COVID. Oh yeah, yeah we'll sell you the location. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it worked. Dirt cheap. It, it totally works. So I, I really enjoyed. Uh, that film as well. And then there was one more horror film I recently watched on there. I fell asleep in the middle, so it wasn't that good. I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> we don't want to talk. No, because there's so I'm many so really good 
horror films out there. The Ring was great. I know you must have yeah, seen that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Got yeah, that. The Ring yeah. was Yeah, that was good. That again was like the first of a different kind, too. Yeah, no, I absolutely you guys are really you are spot on. That's absolutely true. Ab- well, absolutely. Do you oh, like I, the I psychological wish. thrillers more or like the horror kind the of creep sh- I feel like grotesque. you like a good creep factor. Like I yeah, do, like it's like, like it's a, it's definitely like the creep factor. Yes. It's like you know, when like the dead come back, I like that. Mm-hmm. Ghosts are always completely amazing. Yes. Definitely. You know, this one I just saw on Netflix and I fell asleep in the middle of it. That was what it was about. This ghost um, that had taken over the house and then another ghost. So each generation, somebody got sacrificed and they all ended up becoming, it won't be a spoiler because I don't remember the name of the film. (laughs) But, (laughs) But in the end, you know, you had like three generations of ghosts. And that was kind of cool. I, I like that. That really, you know, that was a little different because well, you usually have just like history. your history. Right, right. This was like Ancestry.com and they were yes. ghosts. I like that. That's, you know, it's a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, I big love horror. And in real life, um, I'm very, you know, if you read about me, I mean, I went to Nigeria to study about uh, traditional oh, African yes. medicine oh, or what we, we call voodoo here but basically what turns me on are things that cannot be explained and yeah i learned something about myself because there is that part of me my grandmother came to this country she read tea leaves and tarot that's how she made a living from from ireland and scotland and that's been passed down to me and my family i don't read tarot but i know things um let's just say i'm intuitive are instinctive. But when I went to study Shango, the God of Thunder in Nigeria, that um, is worshipped by the Yoruba people, I saw things that happened to people when they took in the spirit of Shango that could not be explained. And to this day, there is, um, even though I believe in science so strongly, I, I really do, and followed it during this pandemic because, you know what, we weren't getting a lot of information and there were some brilliant scientists doing research on this. But as much as I believe in science is as much as I believe that there are things out there that we cannot explain. We can't. And in terms of bringing people back, you know, from the dead, that spirits stay with us, I completely believe in that. You have a passion for the unusual. This has led you to the Amazon, Lake Titicaca yes. in Peru, perhaps yes. even most fascinating, a village in Nigeria to study voodoo. Uh, this yes. is where we park. We get off here and need <laughs> yeah. to explore this terrain. I have questions. We need stories. Uh, we've actually yes. wanted to do a whole episode on voodoo. So first, what did you know about voodoo before going to Nigeria? So before I went, so, okay, this is what you need to know about me. And I, and I talk about this a lot. It's very intrinsic to my personality. I knew two things from the time I was little, tiny. I told my mother I was going to be a model when I grew up. And I told my mother I was going to go to Africa. Now I was growing up in the Bronx, you know, so these things were like pretty far out of the realm and no one knew where (laughs) this crazy kid came with these ideas, but I knew that inside. Right. So when I was, Right. When I was 20 years old, I was on an archaeology dig in my university. And my boyfriend at the time was a filmmaker and he was trying to figure out what to do that summer. And I was digging on a highway up. uh, We were digging up Indian artifacts on a highway they were putting in and, you know, preserving them and all of that. I was in anthropology and archaeology. And he called me up. He said, hey, this opportunity came up in the Black Studies Department to go to Nigeria 
to this village called Ife. They had a school there. And he said, you just have to put together like what you would want to study there. So this was like, for me, this was a dream come true. I was always fascinated by things that couldn't be explained. And I knew, you know, in traditional African religion, and I don't like to use the word um, voodoo because it's so derogatory, but I like to use the word traditional religion because you know what? All cultures have traditional religion. And by that, I mean, those are the things that can't be explained. Those are the the beliefs that we have that make things happen that, you know, that you just, you don't know why or how, but it comes from belief. So I had the opportunity, I applied to this program and I was picked to go to Nigeria and study Shango, the God of Thunder. And okay, so this is where all the non-explained things start to come in. You know, at the university, everybody was Nigerian that was there except for six of us who came from State University in New York at Binghamton. But I met this incredible student named Jide Abegunde, and lo and behold, he and I became fast friends, and his grandfather was the biggest traditional doctor in Oyo State. And, And all of a sudden, I had entree to any any kind of festival any kind of private event that was called where they were going to summon up, you know, these African deities. Because if you understand this stuff, right, the, the God that the person believes in all of a sudden gets inside of them. Or as we say here, like in some of the religions, even here, the uh, Pentecostal, they become filled with spirit. So uh, the Yoruba people would take on the spirit in this case of Shango. And the person would um, become very powerful as Shango. And actually, you would watch at a ceremony the person completely transform. And oh, beca- right, it, oh, it was really something. I and I've, I've told this story a lot. And there are people that have said, oh, come on, Wendy. I watched someone as Shango take and walk on fire and not get his feet burned. And then he took coals, hot coals in his hands and put a hot coal in his mouth. All right. There were no burns on the hand, put the hot coal in his mouth, put his tongue out with the hot coal, then took and removed it. There wasn't a blister anywhere on him. And I, at this point I say, I don't care who believes me. I saw this with my own eyes. And after seeing that, it's like, you know, come on, how can you, how can you ever 100% believe in in anything that they tell you is a fact again when you've seen things that you can't explain? I can't explain it. I can't tell you how it happened. I totally and it really, believe they, you, Wendy. You, no. I know. No, yeah. I, I'm getting that you do. But I've had people say, oh, come on, there's no way that can happen. And I'm telling you, yeah, there definitely is a way that it can. And I've continued to be fascinated by this. So. We started doing, uh, my husband and I started doing documentary films about different cultures. And yeah, we started out small. Okay, but I'm going to jump to a big film first. We did a film, it was a film short done in the southern Omo Valley in Ethiopia. There were three fascinating tribes there that I went there to do a film on. And uh, there were one of them were the hammer people and they were having a ceremony and I had gotten somebody local that was from that tribe that could guarantee that we could take pictures, make a film. And we had talked to the chief in the village because any, anytime I do these films, I pay everybody as you would if I were making a film here. 
All right. As a matter of fact, I've made films here where people, you know, New York friends of mine, just they've done it for nothing. But when I intrude on another culture because I don't exploit the culture, I'm there to tell their story. You know, I want to make sure everybody gets paid. These are, you know, people that are not moneyed. So um, we were invited to this ceremony. It was called the jumping of the bulls. Now, here's another really true story. So in this ceremony, The boy is 13 years old. He's naked and he has to jump over the back of of eight bulls. And, you know, he's hoisted up and he basically, you know, hops from one foot to the other, having to keep his balance going over these bulls. But before you get to that part of the ceremony, they have what they call the dance. And this is where it gets to a part where you can't explain it. The women who are not wearing any clothing on top. Uh, dance around in a circle and the men come with branches and beat them on their backs until they're bleeding. Oh my God. Okay. They're jumping up and down and dancing and having a grand old time. We filmed this and I ended up not putting it in the film because I wanted to make a film that would make people, um, want to learn more about a culture and be accepting of other cultures. And you know, there's a fine line. Um, we left that part out of the film, which is called Fragile Beauty. But that was something that completely blew my mind. Because if you did anything like that here, I mean, if someone hits you with anything and you're bleeding, you're you're uh, going to cry. Yeah. Right? right. Your immediate reaction is like, oh, my gosh, I'm in pain. So here you go. Not only were they not in pain, everybody was laughing and jumping up and down. And, you know, mind, uh, I suppose. But wow. thank you very much. So I have since. One of the things that I am, I'm a member of the Explorers Club. There's 3,400 people in the world made up of academics, scientists, and filmmakers, and and other people. And one of the things is I've talked to scientists at our club and in an effort to have somebody try and explain this to me. And the only thing people have come up with, really, really bright people, are that we know so little about the human mind. And if we know so little about the human mind, it is completely plausible that a person could believe so hard in something that if they're being beaten, they might not experience pain because their brain is not conditioned to that. Now you're speaking my language. (laughs) <laughs> well, in the same way, you know, we are conditioned to pain here, all right? We are conditioned to pain, but they wouldn't experience that. In the same way, someone that becomes possessed actually becomes possessed by the spirit. And certainly here in the United States, like in the Pentecostal religion, if you've ever attended any of those church ceremonies, someone gets the spirit. They're rolling on the floor. They're throwing themselves everywhere. It's not an act. They really are experiencing that. Totally. And right, totally. And nobody can really explain it. So there you go. I am fascinated by the unexplained out there. Yeah. And there are too many things that, that happen. And that's the part of me that is the same person that looks under the rocks, that'll go up the mountain to try and get the answers. And you know what? I don't have them all the time, so I continue to seek them, and that's what makes me an explorer. Well, that's yeah. awesome, and let, let's get back to the voodoo. Um, and I think yeah, it's, right. well, and I, I now feel guilty for using that term. And I think it's, it's okay. I think it's interesting that you call it traditional re- religion. It is traditional, me- traditional um, but medicine, I mean, voodoo yeah. is it's a it's a term used in Nigeria. It means to repel bad spirits and disease, or like yeah. mainly for protection and healing. So maybe because yep. it's been stigmatized through fiction that we see. It movies, has, right. You right. feel that way, but I feel like it's our job to 
change that perhaps there is a light side and a dark side of voodoo you know and there is the, i agree there totally. is the, the witchcraft or black magic being a part of the darker side um you have to keep the right. gods and spirits happy i understand a common way of doing this is through sacrificing did you witness anything like this or what americans no, and what would it, describe I, as extremely taboo yeah, probably drinking goat's blood. They had already sacrificed the goat, so I didn't see it, but they passed around um, wow. goat's wow. blood that that you had to... Um, yeah, it was that was pretty shocking. You, you don't dare, like, not go along with I was going to say, oh, yeah. did, did, you, did you pass, or did peer pressure kind of succumb? I would totally yes, partake if I were playing. That, that is kind of... It, a, was, it was just... It was just a little bit, and you know, to be perfectly honest, I was so sick the whole time I was there. So at it didn't really matter anyway. Might as well. One more foreign freaking parasite that I was going to have to deal with when I got <laughs> back, and I and I did. Oh. It did. It was like there, it was the point of no return. You know, I tell people. Like they read about my adventures or and they're like, oh, God, that's like so cool. I didn't have when I was in Nigeria, I swear to you, I didn't have one day where I felt good. Not one from the time. I'm sure. I got and I'm there. sure that that's common. I would have been in the same boat. Oh, yeah. I, Back wow. in that day it was. But you know what? We've learned a lot more now. If you saw the amount of medicine. I, I travel with for I just anticipate that I'm going to oh, be I'm sick. Sure. I don't wait to get sick. So, sure. you know, I, I know that that's coming. But you let's can't get anticipate to... goat's blood, though. That's something you, you can't just can't right. There's really no plan for. Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> you can't situational. You can't, you can't plan it. for that. And that's really um, like when in Rome on steroids. Right. When in yeah. Nigeria. Right. Uh, did you visit any fetish markets? Anything like that? Oh, yeah, of course. I have. What's a fetish market? Listen to this crew here, the fetish crew. Yes. Oh, you are on with the fetish crew. We might as well change our name right now from something crunchy to something Let's do it. The crunchy fetish crew. The fetish crew. Welcome back to the fetish crew. Welcome back to the FC. Episode one with Wendy Stewart Kaplan. So, Tyler, to answer your question a fetish market and when you correct me if that's where you would go to what they consider fetishes that's like their they like, just called it the the market but they call uh they call where, it those markets that's where you buy like shrunken monkey skulls yeah you can get like, shrunken or oh, a dead cool. frog to do stuff with or the um, flea market yeah it's like the, the, the shrunken head fetish for flea market. i'm into right. it Oh, that sounds Yeah, cool. you don't want to miss that. Oh, and I, you love what that. I, I love that. Every, every country has it. Bolivia, you know, when I was looking for markets, they, you know, they asked me there. And also in Peru, you know, I want to go to the market. Okay, which market do you want? Because they actually differentiate. It, they may all be in one market complex, but the area where you buy the stuff to do the magic with is yeah. a different area than you know, where you would buy other things. And it's quite interesting that, you know, lots of things are dried out, snake, um, animals, monkey heads. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. However, here's the downside to those markets. And here's, here's always the conflict for me, you know, because I talk a lot about conservation and um, not killing elephants, not killing rhino, because I think all of that's wrong. And my, my second big film I made was about gorilla and chimpanzee rescue in Cameroon because they poach uh, gorillas and chimpanzees. They use some of their body parts that are sent to the Middle East or to China because they believe 
it's heartbreaking. So I make films about that. But on a smaller scale, when you're in these cultures, you'll go to a marketplace and there will be market monkey heads there. And they will be selling those so that, you know, the local people can carry on with their traditions. Here's how I have had to come to peace with this, right? Because I, I make films in these cultures. When it's small and it's a village, um, they will do certain things. However, if you can enlighten people that by killing a gorilla or a chimpanzee, it's not going to be there for their grandkids. You know, people don't understand. They're like, these these rangers are supposed to be protecting the park. If the ranger has five kids and a big guy who wants rhino horn comes along and says to the ranger, hey, I'm going to, you know, give you X amount of dollars to get me that rhino horn. Do you think that the ranger is going to turn around and say, oh, well, I couldn't do that? Some will, but a lot won't. And a lot of them have had their families threatened. Yeah, that affects everybody at that point. Right. It's it's, it's a chain of things. But on the smaller scale, okay, because you were talking about, you know, these marketplaces, on a smaller scale, they do sell a lot of this stuff in, in the marketplace. And people believe in its power to heal. Again, we're back to the mind. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if the skin of a snake can heal anything, but if a person believes that, you know? Yeah. Right. Placebo effect. Is, thank you for getting that. So now we're coming full circle. We're coming back to like here. Don't they do these drug trials here? You know, half the people get the placebo right. and or the not. other half get... Yeah, that happens all the time here. And there have been cases of people with a placebo that have had a positive reaction. Well, right. God, you know, how do you explain that? You, they were given a sugar pill. You can't explain it because it's had something to do with a, you know, I hate to use the cliche mind over matter, but that's a lot of what we're talking about that's here. That's exactly really why this is so all much. a simulation right there. Yeah. You just said it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really quite fascinating uh, to me. And once again, we we still don't have answers for a lot of these things. I mean, as soon as this pandemic is over and it's safe, I intend to get back out there, you know, to make meaningful films showing incredible cultures all over the world. Because you know what? Yes. A lot of these traditions are dying. And if we don't if we don't write books about them, if we don't make films about them, they'll just be gone. It'll just be gone. It'll just be a memory, you know, I like so many are doing this. Well, thank you. I, and I wish I could do it, you know, like everything else. I mean, I could spend 365 days out of the year doing it, but you need some balance in your life too, yeah. you know? So then you become a podcaster. <laughs> right. Here we are. Have some fun. Well, I'm telling you, I've met over this year. So I must've been on 200 shows and then I have two shows myself. I didn't do podcasting till this pandemic hit. Let me tell you guys, I went down a rabbit hole, okay? Because they shut down New York and every way that I could earn money or or be, I've only ever, I've never had a survival job. I've always been, as you did in my intro, model, mm -hmm. actress, comedian, um, all um, MC, all of those things, I make films, came to a crashing halt. March 12th, they shut New York down. Right. And all of a sudden, every single thing that I was wasn't anymore. That's really huge. My friends that had desk jobs got to work out of their homes and still get paid. Now I wasn't getting paid. 
okay, now everything that I did, there were no theaters to perform in because you guys heard they, you know, they shut Broadway down. Everything had to be shut down. And here we are right, right now. And we are, we're not totally out of it, but we're in a much better place. So there was something to be learned from all of this. Absolutely. I'm eager to get back into it. And when we do, we're not beating around the bush. Wonder why we say that. Funny you should ask. Let's talk about a father-son duo that hosts a new podcast called Why Do We Say That? Where they look into why we say certain phrases in our everyday lexicon without really knowing where they come from. Everyone says things like paint the town red or got his bell rung, and these guys will make you laugh while teaching you the origins of these common phrases. New episodes are released every Tuesday and are available wherever you get your podcast. Go fuel up for your next trivia night and learn Why Do We Say That? Hey guys, thanks for listening to Something Crunchy, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. It now pays to crunch down every week because we're hooking you up with big discounts from big brands. Up to 35% off Invicta watches using code CRUNCHY and apparel from 8080, where in addition to 10% off using code CRUNCHY, every dollar you spend goes toward an entry into the Dream Car Giveaway. Don't forget to join the Something Crunchy Facebook group for updates, polls, and the web's crunchiest memes. You can find us on Twitter at crunch underscore cast. And feel free to send any questions in your track submissions to somethingcrunchy at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the show. And we're back. Crunching down with the Wendy Stewart Kaplan. Oh, I'm having a grand old time, so you guys <laughs> oh, can ask nice. me anything. Sweet. Okay. Well, I had a lot more on horror movies. Let's talk about the babysitter films. <laughs> right? oh. Come on, those are great. <laughs> it's Well, the year is now for horror. Like Everything that is exciting is going to be coming out this year. Yeah. This year is the bounce back. Like, uh, is it? You can, think oh, so? it is. Oh, Candyman's coming out. Yep. Spiral, from the, book of, Spiral yeah. from the Book of Saw came out this weekend. Profile looks interesting. Oh, there, there's a bunch that's coming out this this year that's supposed to be really good. Uh, a, quiet, wow. a Quiet Place 2 comes out later this year. That's going to be good. A quiet, oh, my God. I know that, Phil. Okay. Yeah. See, now that you're More you're Krasinski. My memory. Yes. Oh, my God. That's great. The Lady in the Lake. Ooh. Ooh, yes. good one. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like, you know what? This is, God, this is like therapy because, you know what? You made me realize I like things that are haunting. It's very specific. <laughs> when well, those I, are no, because some things people that resonate. like. You know, right. Some people, right. You got it right away because you said I like the creep factor. Yeah. I like. No, that's what gets me too. Like I. Get no, that. we do too. We're big yeah. into the shark genre, Jaws, open water. The shark. Um, can I tell you something? Def- Those water. do absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. I mean, they're entertaining. Really? As well. Open oh, water. Oh, see, I love open, open water. water. Did more for mm-hmm. me because, like, just Scared the thought the of shit being alone by myself out in the middle of the ocean is like, mm-hmm. just, like terrifying. Living, <laughs> terrifying. Alone. We're big into the creature genre. It, a quiet place. The creature. Okay. Uh-huh. Alien yeah, the creature and tremors. If you sure, sure. you know, if right. you count them, I do. <laughs> I uh, do. 
Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. He's scary. No, I like the the creep factor. Like I was with Wendy on that because those are the ones that definitely like just like get me like in a weird place. And y'all are into ghosts. You're into the paranormal. I, yeah, I'm into ghosts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm of, like all of that. Uh, well, like, and I a lot like of the I classics come like, from yeah. ghosts. You have Poltergeist and even the original yes. House of Haunted Hill, Exorcist, yes. The Omen. Oh my God. Okay, stop right there. The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. God. Oh, yeah. We love that's another one. This is so great that we're having this conversation. You're bringing this all up for me. I won't sleep tonight. Um, <laughs> the haunting, we'll talk right. The it. Haunting of Hill House. That was such a great film. Uh, the remake, I watched the remake though. It was not nearly no, the first one. There was no. something the, about that first one. The right? first one was so much better. It was, it was a lot yeah. more haunting, just like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like it was, uh. all, you know, a lot more scary. And I love, uh, we love The Shining, Misery, The Bird, Psycho, your, your, your classic. Okay, mi- Misery oh. was great. Okay, yeah, but these are, okay, well, we're in a lot of different genres here. We need to True. do a whole show on True. all of the we different genres. We could like genres. delve yeah. into so many different yeah. areas of those. The Shining, actually encompassed the creep factor yeah. the ghost yeah the whole thing All yeah the shining it. was a terror i love the shining was really great but um the one with kathy bates again what was that misery. one again misery great film great film Gosh, but it was good it was twisted so I, you know twisted is different from ghosts it's yeah. not on oh, the yeah. same page i True. think that was you stephen know, king's best book see but misery. like hostile also messed with me because it's like say, how easily could I go to saw. a different country and someone's like, oh hey, how about we like go to this Kidnap like fun you real festival quick. or this like, I d- cool I thing? I didn't see Hostel. Oh, and then like all of a sudden your eyes getting like ripped out by some like rich guy that's yeah. paying to do it just like to get a crazy high. I mean, it's For like his jollies. Because, you know, there's people oh, with a God, lot of money that, like, will do whatever right. with it just to, like, again, like, it's, like, get their jollies on. That's crazy. Like, you know that that's real somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, okay, so you just hit on something. You know that that's real somewhere, and yeah. that's what's so terrifying. Yeah. Like, right. you even just this telling me about that, story somewhere. Terrifying. Yeah, you know that that's happening somewhere yes. or happens somewhere. Anything that's true, like, gets Based me. on a possible true story? Yeah. Frightening. Mm-hmm. It's not that far-fetched. Even like a believable fake true story like Blair Witch, like found footage genre is going to be. Totally. But that Blair Witch was, okay, but that's another one that we all connected to, right? There was that good horror film has elements in it that makes you say to yourself, oh my God, I know that can happen. I just know that it happens somewhere. I know it can happen to me. Definitely. (laughs) But my, you know, my, my freak factor is, is really like the, the ghost thing, you know, I've stayed at places. uh, So being Scotch Irish, I, you know, I can feel things. I know things and I can walk into a house or a room and it, and if it feels bad, I know I don't want to be there. Oh, I've so felt that before. Have have any of you been to Salem? Oh, have you gone to Salem, no. Massachusetts? No, we no. are very well traveled, but none of us no. have been to Massachusetts. I haven't. Blair so, hasn't. Have it's, not. I mean, so you know no. that's where the, the all the um the witch trials were and the yeah. burning oh, of, of the witches of yes. and stoning yes. of the yes. witches. Well, there's a huge hotel, a big old hotel in the middle of the green there, and um you know I so Salem of course would appeal to me. You can yeah. totally understand that Salem would completely yeah. appeal yeah. to me. We get so we get there and we check into this huge old hotel and I go up to the room and we put our suitcases down. It was my husband, my daughter and myself. And 
I looked at them. I said, don't unpack your bags. And they said, why? I'm like, we can't stay in this room. And my daughter, she was, I think, eight or nine at the time. She said, why can't we stay here? I said, because I said so. And I went down to the front desk and I got the manager. I said, I need to have my room changed. I can't stay in that room. And he looks at me and he said, um, okay. And I could tell by the look on his face. I said, I am not the first person that told you they couldn't stay in that room. And he looked at me and he said, "You." he said, no, you're not. And um, he said, I'll talk to you. And he takes me aside. He said, someone had committed suicide in that room oh. and I couldn't feel like, it. And it had it. happened like, yeah, like it had happened like five years earlier. That's amazing. But I could feel, you it could the, feel an energy. I have felt in that, that yeah. in the house. They before. should have to say that. Like you have to say that in real estate. Yeah. In real estate terms, they have to tell you if that. No, I was down. looking like, for a house in do. college in a small town in Lubbock, Texas, it was like literally two bedroom, like crap college house. We're going in and I'm not kidding you. Like I walked in and it felt so dark, so heavy. I literally, you could feel like, it. I, I had to like run out. Like I've never in my life, like I'm not trying to be dramatic. I never try and make it. No, I, I in get front it. Of people. Like I'm actually yeah. like would never do that. I was like, y'all, like I got to get out of here. Like Something's it was weird. Intense. I've never felt such a feeling in my life. Like I've actually felt like I've had spirits around them. They've been more of like a positive vibe. That was like, which is cool. That right. was like a different feeling in there. Where I was like, I don't know what happened, but it's like, nauseating. I, no, I was sick. Like I had to get out. It yeah. Like, you, it's like the most incredible way never it comes have I felt over it. you that you just like want to jump out of your skin yeah. and get out of there. I'm curious, what's your ethnic background? Nationality. We're kind of all with... over the place. Our mom has a heavy Scottish, Scottish background. Polish. Oh, okay. Polish background just... mostly. Okay, you can well, just Scottish, stop right Polish, there. I would say. Right. So I was getting that through the phone, and you can stop right there. If you're Scottish and Polish, forget it. You know, um, <laughs> not everybody what does this in your mean, family. Wendy? And, and when well, I say Polish, I mean heavy on the Polish. But you, you are definitely. <laughs> you're one of the ones that got that. You have dreams. You must have dreams that oh, are not like crazy. dreams. They're very real. They're intense. Yeah, intense. I forever yeah, that's that had Scotch intense Polish dreams. thing. Well, no one ever right. told you that. <laughs> God, I didn't know it was a thing. That was a human. Yeah, thing. it is. Yeah. Wow. No, I've definitely had like insane, especially so during pregnancy i know that's a thing already but i already had like intent it was like hyper intense on a different level like i felt like it was i living in a different world when i'm asleep and when i wake up yeah because you probably went out of your body and went elsewhere right yeah i love totally love talking to you i wish we were here in the same room together (laughs) i have totally experienced that you wake up and it's like you never went to sleep you're completely drained exhausted wow Wow. I totally agree with what Tyler said, that it should be required to tell somebody that that's happened in a room that you're about to stay in. Do the right thing, alerting anyone who maybe wouldn't want to stay there that that, that that's happened. And two, for anyone that... I mean, there's going to be people that flock to it, specifically asking for that room. If if you just announce it... Yeah, but you know what? Like a hotel, something like a hotel, you know, I would say maybe one out of every 10 people might you know react the way i did but most most people won't we i say oh my god it's all in presentation you know there's a haunted (laughs) hotel in jerome that if you stay there overnight hotel they guarantee something haunted happens overnight like they they market that yeah 
So it's there just, are places that will market that, but some don't you know, want to market of, it. Right. Some don't want to market it. And for honestly, I'll say it for most people, they wouldn't go in and feel that. I, I just, Some somebody like, goes no, in of, hotels. of course people don't There's want to market it. There's a lot of things that happen in hotels. Half, that, the, like, half the hotels in Vegas don't have a floor 13 because they oh, don't Oh, yeah, want, for that reason. For that yeah, reason. Exactly and because right, people right. don't even know there is a 13th floor. You, know you won't find it on the elevator because no one wants hotels, to stay there. You think every time they would turn into like a haunted hotel, only time something like happens well, just in a superstitious in Vegas. No one wants to be unlucky. In Vegas oh yeah, it's, it's got to do with Gosh. their gambling there. Nobody wants to to yeah. be on the thirteenth oh, floor. Yeah, the gambling. But I had my experiences just like you have. I went away on a ski weekend, and the person whose house we were staying at was a beautiful old house from the late seventeen hundreds, and she um, she was Israeli, and she stayed in this house with her kids and and husband, and they would go skiing every weekend, and they weren't going to be there, and she invited. Myself and um, one of my other girlfriends, a bunch of us went up there, right? And um, beautiful old house. She wasn't there. We go to get in and the key's not working. Now, why isn't the key working? Well, of course, the red flag went off in my head almost immediately. That key wasn't working because we were not welcome into that house. So my girlfriend sends one of the kids that we have with us through the window, opens up the window, climbs in, oh, and opens up the door from the inside. Well, we walk into this beautiful old house from the late 1700s. I felt it immediately, but I was with a, a bunch of friends and, you know, you don't want to look like the whack job on the ski trip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't mean to appear crazy, but no, anybody I, else I, feel I, this intense spirit right. around us? I Well, I didn't say anything initially. And, um, you know, we go in and we cook dinner and, uh, oh, the feeling got worse and worse. And now it's time to go to bed. Right. And, um, you know, we divvy everybody up into, to go into the, the bedrooms and I'm feeling worse and worse. And my daughter said, can I sleep with you? So we put my husband in a little room across the hall, my daughter and I, you know, get into this bed and in this room and an hour after I fell asleep and this, I've never had this happen. This was the first time it ever happened and hopefully the last, I woke up with a thing sitting on my chest choking me and what? I screamed as loud as I could oh and God. everybody, my husband came running in, my daughter woke up, my, my girlfriend came running and, and I screamed and I screamed, get off of me. And we put the lights on and the thing was gone. Well, I slept with the lights on after that. My girlfriend said to me, you know what, Wendy? She said, I was so creeped out by this place. My girlfriend grew up, um, her parents ran a funeral parlor, so she's sensitive to these things. But neither one of us had said anything, you know? You don't, like, want to be outed for being a kook. Oh, yeah. no. I would say it in, like, two seconds. I'd be like, y'all, y'all. You, you, you would have been like, no, I'm, I'm out of here. No, you but would know. She said to me, two I seconds. knew it the minute we walked in, and she said, when the key didn't work in the lock, she said, I had yeah. my suspicions so um the next night we checked into a hotel and had a great ski weekend the woman who owned the house when we told her what had happened she like looked at us like we had four heads she and this she's like we have never had anything like that that really? what you are describing i'm like you you're not aware that there's any spirits or ghosts in that house no absolutely not and I guess that's what I mean, you know, like the hotel room in Boston. Uh, ten people will be fine, and 
one person won't. And I'm always the person that won't be, you know, it's, it's just, I'm real sensitive. Some people feel things. Right. Thank you. I love that. Some people feel things. Yeah. So that's why I'm so into like studying about this stuff and always have been. And I was born into the world with all of these questions about it. I'm an empath and here I am on crunchy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Join us. So do you get into any of these adventures in your book, She's the Last Model Standing, which is available of on course Amazon? I do. Yes, thank you so much. Um, yes, I do. She's the Last Model Standing is my memoir about from the time I was little. And as I told you, wanting to go to Africa, wanting to be a model. And it's all the stories and things that happened to me after. And um, I, of course, my book opens up in Nigeria why wouldn't it be? Um, I should also add into Nigeria as many things that I saw with possession and not being able to be explained. I hitchhiked around that country with waist blonde hair during a civil war wow. and nothing happened to me because I knew nothing awesome. was going to happen to me. There was nothing that could happen to me. And one of the areas, my book opens up in the area where the Boko Haram were. They were there in those days under a different name. But, um, you know, they've been responsible for a lot of the terrorism that's been in the northern part of Nigeria. Well, there I was with my waist-length blonde hair, tripping the life fantastic. That would not not a care in the world and would not have believed for one minute that I could have been kidnapped raped, killed, or any of those things, because the upside to who I am is I know I always have traveled with this guardian angel. And that's what lets me go to these places and and do these incredible things. My book opens up there, and then I take you through my my life after that, you know, getting into modeling, um, acting, actually acting in some horror films, too. How about that? Because the girl can scream. That's right. And, <laughs> right? And, and then ultimately, you know, finding this path where I, I know that I want to get back to all of the things that make me want to explore. I love modeling. I love acting. Stand-up comedy is great. But I have so many dimensions. And it is that unknown out there that I'm constantly going after. Yeah. And we initially started making these small films in places like the Amazon telling stories about the local people there. But one of the cool things that happened again, we were in Costa Rica and um, there was this, this person that everyone kept telling me, see, these things will find you when you're like this, when you're an empath, the things find you, you don't have to find them. We were, we were in the Corcovado jungle and we were told about a medicine man there um, named Augusto who spoke some English and we should go talk to him. He was fascinating and he would, you know, show us his herb garden. So we, we meet with this, this guy and he indeed has an herb garden so potent that he swore it cured cancer. Well, some of that turned out to be true because there were executives from the Lilly Pharmaceutical Company down there at the same time trying to get information from him. A lot of the drugs that we have, you know, have been compounded from what they have used in the rainforest. And that is a whole, and that's true. I mean, whether you're a scientific person or a person that believes in spirits or whatever, that is fact that, you know, a lot of the drugs that we have come from traditional beliefs and knowledge of what plants do. So he takes us to this garden and um, he's had people visit him 
for cancer cures. So my husband happened to have a foot fungus that he couldn't get rid of. And ironically, he's a photographer. He had a client at the time, which was Lamisil. And you know about Lamisil. It's the cream you put on your foot for sure. foot fungus. Yeah. And yeah, and it's not though it's not very good for you. And um, he was going back to shoot this job for them, which I thought was ironic. He had a foot fungus. And I just happened to mention this to Augusto. And he said to me, um, okay, uh, he looks at Alan's foot and then he says, I will come back and visit you at breakfast the next morning. So we're sitting having breakfast and he appears and he had this vial with what was filled with what looked like cow poo. Um, <laughs> he had a knife and a lighter. And um, I said, well, what is that? He says, well, I'm going to get rid of the fungus and on your husband's foot. now." Okay, so you know what? I do put my money where my mouth is. I'm like, okay, we'll go for it. Yeah, So for yeah, Because sure. he had had, Ellen had had this fungus for like a year and it, it's always a mess. So we sit down and the first thing is um, he put something on it to numb it. Then he um, heated up the vial with the cow poo. <laughs> then he put a very slight incision and pours the cow poo onto the toe and then wraps it. All right. And like he made a poultice out of it. And he said to me, okay, he said, you can take it off um, tonight. And I said, all right. And then what happens? And he says, well, the fungus will be gone. And even me, the great believer, I'm like, come on, you know? So that night I take the dressing off of Alan's foot and, you know, of course the fungus was still there. We fly back to New York. He shoots the job for the Lamisil people. I hope he didn't tell him about his experience <laughs> <laughs> with the cow poo and the fungus. Um, so he shoots the job, and a month goes by. And um, I just happened to say to him, I said, hey, you know, how is your foot doing? I said, Are you, did you use any of that Lamisil on He said, no, I didn't because there really wasn't any need to. He said, um. look. The toenail had fallen off. There was a new toenail there, and the fungus was completely gone, and it never returned. Wow. So there you go. That is not a story, though, of mind over matter. I don't believe it. I believe what was ever in the that cow concoction. Hey. <laughs> was better than imbecile. Um, yeah, <laughs> options it, are it, nice, <laughs> you know? Thank you. We all need our options yeah. in life, do we not? So, yes, a lot of these stories are in my book. My story um, of being a model having every terrible modeling job on the face of the earth only to be topped by every horrible acting job and just hanging in there and always tough believing industry. in the bright right, and believing in the bright side of things <clears throat> and emerging to have a career decades later where I'm still doing it. I'm still doing all those things and I've added into my repertoire and the jobs are of course 200 times better than they used to be. And I've had so many incredible experiences. And I wrote that book as a book of inspiration for people. It, it says, you know what, there may be concrete in the ground, but you can be the little blade of grass that comes up between the concrete as long as you believe that you can do it. You know, and, and I am being known for one statement. I never give up. I never give up. And I try and share that with everyone that I, yes. I talk to, you know, yeah. every person has that within them. If they, if they believe that they can go for it and you can't let the distraction stop you, you can't let the naysayers stop you. You have to believe in yourself 
And that's what my book is about. And once again, I proved it during the pandemic. I completely, completely reinvented my thing. I mean, the day after they shut New York down, I came up with a cooking show, Pandemic Cooking with Wendy. We're at 113 episodes later. 113. May I add in? Creative. Right. And I couldn't cook. (laughs) That's what's funny. Well, it's even funnier because I had got COVID a week later and I couldn't smell or taste. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how funny it was for the people that made the recipes on there, but everybody's been pretty happy and I got great comments. And my show was so inspirational to people during the pandemic that got sick. Lots of people were sick in New York. I mean, this was very real here, you know, so to be able to bring them comedy and for me, you know, all of a sudden I'm using my comedy, I'm using my acting, I'm using my wigs, my dresses, my makeup. And and the best thing was I didn't have some client telling me to tone it down, which has been the story of my life. Yeah, I get booked for a job and they're like, okay, can you bring it down a little bit? Nobody told me to bring it down, which was so great. I could just let it it out. Right. Let it all hang out. I could be any character I wanted to be. And and again, you know, it was hard not having an audience talking into a camera and that's all I had. But then you go on social media and then people that were reaching out to me. Oh, my God, I love your show which is on my YouTube channel, Wendy Stewart TV on YouTube, along with the two other podcasts that um, I started. I am uh, very much a part of an LGBTQ organization, which I helped start 10 years ago called Triversity. And uh, we came up with a show, Triversity Talk. I've interviewed filmmakers, entertainers, politicians, policymakers, doctors, people transitioning, anybody with a great topic that wants to talk about it. I love doing that show. Yes, awesome. I heard yeah. some of your stand-up and you were very open about the fact that you prefer the company of men who prefer the company of men. I, I like that, yes. Oh, you've heard me talk about my gay husbands, yes. I had six, <laughs> now I think I'm down to four. But there was a pandemic. Don't judge me on that. I need a little time to go out there. And the get this is a no-judgment zone. Right, no, I, I get that. So I developed that show and then... This December, you know, we had you couldn't even go into a restaurant and dine here. We had this outdoor dining where, excuse me, you would freeze your tits off out there. But, you know, we were all trying to keep our friends restaurants going. So many places went under. So I was sitting outside freezing and I came up with an idea to do a show using uh, big entertainers and musicians and um, and well-known writers. And that show is called If These Walls Could Talk. It is shot on location. It my favorite restaurant and cabaret room, Pangea, on the Lower East Side. Uh, the people that own it have supported the arts for years, and now it's our time to support them. So I broadcast yeah. that show once a week with my a co-host, wonderful actor and interviewer, Tim Moss. And we've had on Leland Sklar. We've had on... Um, uh, Scott Page from Pink Floyd, yeah. Michael Musto, a journalist, writer. Oh, I, I I could just go down the list of the most incredible people. And the coolest thing, the thing that I pride myself with in, in the show, I don't talk about being famous. I mean, everyone knows they're famous, right? Everyone knows who you are. Let's talk about like what makes you strong, what makes you tick, how the hell you got through the pandemic when you had a whole touring schedule put together and now it's come to a crashing halt, you know? Leland Sklar, world-renowned bassist. You can go on YouTube 
he invented a whole freaking YouTube thing for himself with like hundreds and thousands of listeners. All right. They, yeah, like that whole awesome. audience that he couldn't get to because he couldn't tour. Now they're following him on YouTube. And I swear that he's su- he's such a legend with a long beard and he sits in front of the camera and and he talks music. You know, he talks to people and that's what we've learned. And that's what I've learned. I want to create projects where I'm, I'm talking to people where we are real and it's a nitty gritty, just like what we're doing here right now. Well, you are fascinating and yeah. such a wonderful guest. And for more well, awesome you. stories, check out Wendy's memoir. She's the last model standing. It's available on Amazon and easy to find online. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank I very you, much Wendy. hope we can talk again sometime. Oh, yes. You know I can talk forever. Yeah. But I'm going to go too. find a horror movie on, on Netflix now. You guys got me all riled up. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good recommendations, right? Yeah, really. That, that, what is that, The Hostel? Oh, Where is hostel. that available? Oh, hostel and Hostel 2. There's one with guys and one with girls. And Eli Roth. Oh, they're brutal. It's uh, They're brutal. Oh, okay. yeah, brutal. Bad, bad. Torture total, porn. Totally brace myself. Thank you all so much. No, thank, thank you so you much well. for coming on. We really appreciate your time. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Such a pleasure. Well, okay. Take care. And Thanks we'll again, all Wendy. talk again. Yeah, Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Wendy. God. She's cool. She's been all over the world. I mean, can you imagine seeing some of these things? And like, would you eat like, I feel like if I, I would drink the goat's blood if it was like, we're in the city. Yeah, I don't know, Blair. I completely doubt that. I think that you would say that. Well, you and think then, I'm going to be like, oh no, pass. Like, I know everyone's doing Blair, it. Blair, I like, like that Tyler, brass. what did Blair look like when she took that shot of Tito's before we came on the air? <laughs> well, I, she, she ran out of the room. <laughs> Thousand dollar bet. Blair's gonna order the goat's blood, and, and then she's yeah, never she's gonna smell it, sip never it. taste it. She's just gonna sit sip? there. Yeah, she's gonna sip. Sip. It's her gonna full, be her full shot of goat's blood. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's thirteen hundred bucks a shot. She's ordering it and not drinking any of it. You want you want to drink some goat's order. blood? We can make that happen. No, to, like I'm not just doing it in the studio. We don't we don't need to go to no, Nigeria. Yeah, right. Who here. needs a time machine? Yeah. You want to go to Africa? Go, go to, to Africa. Africa. <laughs> you want goat's blood? And get it to you before midnight. Well, she was definitely great. Yeah. Cool stories. Cool story, Hansel. I've never <laughs> even been to Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> well, I am dying to tell you about the guest we have coming up. It's insane. Yeah. You wouldn't believe us if we told you. Can't even tell you. Season four has already been a big one, and it's just heating up. Don't forget to check out somethingcrunchy.com where you'll find every episode, our links for social media, and the almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. There's also that Something Crunchy Facebook group up to no good. You guys are hilarious, (laughs) and it remains the most fun you can have with your pants on. (laughs) This has been another episode of Something Crunchy, and as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life and be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. Thank you for listening. I have a name for you. I just hit crunchy. And I called Eileen and I said, is this person's name crunchy? Because you know you never know, right? <laughs> you can call him crunchy. I Maybe lo- that'll become it. your name now, crunchy. That's perfect. So, um... Crunchy B. <laughs> <laughs> and be crunchy to one another.
and be crunchy to one another. I, I'm gonna. I need to redo mine too. I'm Wow, I went too fast. It's terrible. This has been an. <laughs> <laughs> It was the cheers that threw me off. It was the cheers. I I knew it was going to be funny and worthless. We've tried to. (laughs) He was like, we definitely need bottles later because we can't choose cans. And you brought me a six pack of hot beers. So they're still in the fridge. (sighs) Oh.